Chapter Third of *The Heart of Midlothian* by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dion Gines, Salt Lake City, Utah. What strange and wayward thoughts will slide into a lover's head? Oh, mercy! To myself I cried, if Lucy should be dead. Wordsworth in pursuing her solitary journey our heroine soon after passing the house of dumby dykes gained a little eminence from which on looking to the eastward down a prattling brook whose meanders were shaded with straggling widows and alder trees she could see the cottages of wood end and beersheba the haunts and habitations of her early life and could distinguish the common on which she had so often herded sheep and the recesses of the rivulet where she had pulled rushes with butler to plate crowns and sceptres for her sister effie then a beautiful but spoiled child of about three years old the recollections which the scene brought with them were so bitter that had she indulged them she would have sat down and relieved her heart with tears but i kenned said jeanie when she gave an account of her pilgrimage that greeting would do but little good and that it was more beseeming to thank the lord that had showed me kindness and countenance by means of a man that many called a noble and churl but what was free of his goods to me as ever the fountain was free of the stream and i minded the scripture about the sin of israel at meribah when the people murmured although moses had brought water from the dry rock that the congregation might drink and live so i would not trust myself with another look at poor wood end for the very blue reek that came out of the lumhead pat me in mind of the change of market days with us in this resigned and christian temper she pursued her journey until she was beyond this place of melancholy recollections and not distant from the village where butler dwelt which with its old-fashioned church and steeple rises among a tuft of trees occupying the ridge of an eminence to the south of edinburgh at a quarter of a mile's distance is a clumsy square tower the residence of the laird of liberton who in former times with the habits of the predatory chivalry of germany is said frequently to have annoyed the city of edinburgh by intercepting the supplies and merchandise which came to the town from the southward this village its tower and its church did not lie precisely in Jeanie's road towards England, but they were not much aside from it, and the village was the abode of Butler. She had resolved to see him in the beginning of her journey, because she conceived him the most proper person to write to her father concerning her resolution and her hopes there was probably another reason latent in her affectionate bosom she wished once more 
to see the object of so early and so sincere an attachment before commencing a pilgrimage the perils of which she did not disguise from herself although she did not allow them so to press upon her mind as to diminish the strength and energy of her resolution a visit to a lover from a young person in a higher rank of life than genies would have had something forward and improper in its character but the simplicity of her rural habits was unacquainted with these punctilious ideas of decorum and no notion therefore of impropriety crossed her imagination as setting out upon a long journey she went to bid adieu to an early friend there was still another motive that pressed upon her mind with additional force as she approached the village she had looked anxiously for butler in the court-house and had expected that certainly in some part of that eventful day he would have appeared to bring such countenance and support as he could give to his old friend and the protector of his youth even if her own claims were laid aside she knew indeed that he was under a certain degree of restraint but she still had hoped that he would have found means to emancipate himself from it at least for one day in short the wild and wayward thoughts which wordsworth has described as rising in an absent lover's imagination suggested as the only explanation of his absence that butler must be very ill and so much had this wrought on her imagination that when she approached the cottage where her lover occupied a small apartment and which had been pointed out to her by a maiden with a milk-pail on her head she trembled at anticipating the answer she might receive on inquiring for him her fears in this case had indeed only hit upon the truth butler whose constitution was naturally feeble did not soon recover the fatigue of body and distress of mind which he had suffered in consequence of the tragical events with which our narrative commenced the painful idea that his character was breathed on by suspicion was an aggravation to his distress but the most cruel addition was the absolute prohibition laid by the magistrates on his holding any communication with deans or his family it had unfortunately appeared likely to them that some intercourse might be again attempted with that family by robertson through the medium of butler and this they were anxious to intercept or prevent if possible the measure was not meant as a harsh or injurious severity on the part of the magistrates but in butler's circumstances it pressed cruelly hard he felt he must be suffering under the bad opinion of the person who was dearest to him from an imputation of unkind desertion the most alien to his nature this painful thought 
pressing on a frame already injured brought on a succession of slow and lingering feverish attacks which greatly impaired his health and at length rendered him incapable even of the sedentary duties of the school on which his bread depended fortunately old mr whackbairn who was the principal teacher of the little parochial establishment was sincerely attached to butler besides that he was sensible of his merits and value as an assistant which had greatly raised the credit of his little school the ancient pedagogue who had himself been tolerably educated retained some taste for classical lore and would gladly relax after the drudgery of the school was over by conning over a few pages of horace or juvenal with his usher a similarity of taste begot kindness and accordingly he saw butler's increasing debility with great compassion roused up his own energies to teaching the school in the morning hours insisted upon his assistance reposing himself at that period and besides supplied him with such comforts as the patient's situation required and his own means were inadequate to compass such was butler's situation scarce able to drag himself to the place where his daily drudgery must gain his daily bread and racked with a thousand fearful anticipations concerning the fate of those who were dearest to him in the world when the trial and condemnation of effie deans put the copstone upon his mental misery he had a particular account of these events from a fellow-student who resided in the same village and who having been present on the melancholy occasion was able to place it in all its agony of horrors before his excruciated imagination that sleep should have visited his eyes after such a curfew note was impossible a thousand dreadful visions haunted his imagination all night and in the morning he was awaked from a feverish slumber by the only circumstance which could have added to his distress the visit of an intrusive ass this unwelcome visitant was no other than bartolin saddletree the worthy and sapient burgher had kept his appointment at mccroskey's with plum damas and some other neighbours to discuss the duke of argyle's speech the justice of effie dean's condemnation and the improbability of her obtaining a reprieve this sage conclave disputed high and drank deep and on the next morning bartolin felt as he expressed it as if his head was like a confused progress of writs to bring his reflective powers to their usual serenity saddletree resolved to take a morning's ride upon a certain hackney which he plumdamus and another honest shopkeeper combined to maintain by joint subscription for occasional jaunts for the purpose of business or exercise as saddletree had two children boarded with whackbairn and was as we have seen rather fond of butler's society he turned his palfrey's head 
towards liberton and came as we have already said to give the unfortunate usher that additional vexation of which imogene complains so feelingly when she says i'm sprited with a fool sprited and angered worse if anything could have added gall to bitterness it was the choice which saddletree made of a subject for his prosing harangues being the trial of effie deans and the probability of her being executed every word fell on butler's ear like the knell of a death-bell or the note of a screech-owl Jeanie paused at the door of her lover's humble abode upon hearing the loud and pompous tones of saddletree sounding from the inner apartment credit me it will be so mr butler brandy cannot save her she maun go down the bow with the lad in the peoted coat at her heels i am sorry for the lassie but the law sir maun have its course vivit rex curret lex as the poet has it in whelk of horace's odes i know not here butler groaned in utter impatience of the brutality and ignorance which bartolin had contrived to amalgamate into one sentence but saddletree like other prosers was blessed with a happy obtuseness of perception concerning the unfavourable impression which he sometimes made on his auditors he proceeded to deal forth his scraps of legal knowledge without mercy and concluded by asking butler with great self-complacency was it na a pity my father didna send me to utrecht havna i missed the chance to turn out as clarissimus and ictus as old grunwiggin himself what for din ye, ye speak mr butler would i no have been a clarissimus ictus eh man i really do not understand you mr saddletree said butler thus pushed hard for an answer his faint and exhausted tone of voice was instantly drowned in the sonorous bray of bartolin no understand me man ictus is latin for a lawyer is it not not that i ever heard of answered butler in the same dejected tone the devil ye didna see man i got the word but this morning out of a memorial of mr crossmyloof's see there it is ictus clarissimus et perti pertissimus it's all latin for it's printed in the italian types oh you mean juris consultus ictus is an abbreviation for juris consultus dinna tell me man persevered saddletree there's no abbreviates except in adjudications and this is all about a servitude of water-drap that is to say talicidean maybe ye'll say that's no latin neither in merry king's clothes in the high street very likely said poor butler overwhelmed by the noisy perseverance of his visitor i am not able to dispute with you few folks are few folks are mr butler though i say it that shouldna say it returned bartolin with great delight now it will be twa hours yet 
or year wanted in the school and as ye are no well i'll sit with you to divert ye and explain to you the nature of a tilicidian ye mon ken the petitioner mrs crombie a very decent woman is a friend of mine and i have stood her friend in this case and brought her with credit into the court and i doubt not that in due time she will win out of it with credit when she or lucy ye see being an inferior tenement or law-house we grant ourselves to be burdened with the tillicide that is that we are obligated to receive the natural water-drop of the superior tenement so far as the same falls from the heavens or the roof of our neighbour's house and from thence by the gutters or eaves upon our la tenement but the other night comes a highland queen of a lass and she flashes god kens what out at the eastmost window of mrs macphail's house that's the superior tenement i believe the old woman would have agreed for lucky macphail sent down the lass to tell my friend mrs crombie that she had made the guardyloo out of the wrong window out of respect for twa highland men that were speaking gaelic in the close below the right one but luckily for mrs crombie i just chanced to come in in time to break off the communing for it's a pity the point shouldna be tried we had mrs macphail into the ten mark court the highland limmer of a lass wanted to swear herself free but hold ye there says i the detailed account of this important suit might have lasted until poor butler's hour of rest was completely exhausted had not saddletree been interrupted by the noise of voices at the door the woman of the house where butler lodged on returning with her pitcher from the well whence she had been fetching water for the family found our heroine Janie deans standing at the door impatient of the prolix harangue of saddletree yet unwilling to enter until he should have taken his leave the good woman abridged the period of hesitation by inquiring was ye wanting the good man or me lass i wanted to speak with mr butler if he's at leisure replied Jeanie gang in by then my woman answered the good wife and opening the door of a room she announced the additional visitor with mr butler here's a lass wants to speak to ye the surprise of butler was extreme when Jeanie, who seldom stirred half a mile from home entered his apartment upon this annunciation good god he said starting from his chair while alarm restored to his cheek the colour of which sickness had deprived it some new misfortune must have happened none mr reuben but what you must have heard of but oh ye are looking ill yourself for the hectic of a moment had not concealed from her affectionate eyes the ravages which lingering disease and anxiety of mind had made in her lover's person 
no i am well quite well said butler with eagerness if i can do anything to assist you jeanie or your father ay to be sure said saddletree the family may be considered as limited to them twa now just as if effie had never been in the telsey poor thing but jeanie lass what brings you out to liberton so air in the morning and your father lying ill in the luckenbooths i had a message from my father to mr butler said jeanie with embarrassment but instantly feeling ashamed of the fiction to which she had resorted for her love and veneration for truth was almost quaker-like she corrected herself that is to say i wanted to speak with mr butler about some business of my father's and poor effie's is it law business said bartolin because if it be ye had better take my opinion on the subject than his it is not just law business said jeanie who saw considerable inconvenience might arise from letting mr saddletree into the secret purpose of her journey but i want mr butler to write a letter for me very right said mr saddletree and if ye'll tell me what it is about i'll dictate to mr butler as mr crossmyloof does to his clerk get your pen and ink in initialibus mr butler jeanie looked at butler and wrung her hands with vexation and impatience i believe mr saddletree said butler who saw the necessity of getting rid of him at all events that mr whackbairn will be somewhat affronted if you do not hear your boys called up to their lessons indeed mr butler and that's as true and i promised to ask a half play-day to the school so that the bairns might gang and see the hanging which canna but have a pleasing effect on their young minds seeing there is no knowing what they may come to themselves odd so i didna mind ye were here jeanie deans but ye maun use yourself to hear the matter spoken of keep jeanie here till i come back mr butler i winna bide ten minutes and with this unwelcome assurance of an immediate return he relieved them of the embarrassment of his presence reuben said jeanie who saw the necessity of using the interval of his absence in discussing what had brought her there i am bound on a long journey i'm gone to lunnon to ask effie's life of the king and of the queen jeanie you are surely not yourself answered butler in the utmost surprise you go to london you address the king and queen and what for no reuben said jeanie with all the composed simplicity of her character it's but speaking to a mortal man and woman when all is done and their hearts maun be made of flesh and blood like other folks and effie's story would melt them were they stone forby i have heard that they are no sick bad folk as what the jacobites call them 
yes jeanie said butler but their magnificence their retinue the difficulty of getting audience i have thought of all that reuben and it shall not break my spirit no doubt their cloths will be very grand with their crowns on their heads and their sceptres in their hands like the great king ahasuerus when he sat upon his royal throne for nant the gate of his house as we are told in scripture but i have that within me that will keep my heart from failing and i am almost sure that i will be strengthened to speak the errand i came for alas alas said butler the kings nowadays do not sit in the gate to administer justice as in patriarchal times i know as little of courts as you do jeanie by experience but by reading and report i know that the king of britain does everything by means of his ministers and if they be upright god-fearing ministers said jeanie it's so muckle the better chance for effie and me but you do not even understand the most ordinary words relating to a court said butler by the ministry is meant not clergymen but the king's official servants no doubt returned jeanie he maun have a great number more i dare to say than the duchess has at dalkeith and great folks servants are i more saucy than themselves but i'll be decently put on and i'll offer them a trifle a siller as if i came to see the palace or if they scruple that i'll tell them i'm come on a business of life and death and then they will surely bring me to speech of the king and queen butler shook his head oh jeanie this is entirely a wild dream you can never see them but through some great lord's intercession and i think it is scarce possible even then well but maybe i can get that too said jeanie with a little helping from you from me jeanie this is the wildest imagination of all ay but it is not reuben havena i heard you say that your grandfather that my father never likes to hear about did some good lang syne to the forebear of this mac cullamore when he was lord of lorne he did so said butler eagerly and i can prove it i will write to the duke of argyle report speaks him a good kindly man as he is known for a brave soldier and true patriot i will conjure him to stand between your sister and this cruel fate there is but a poor chance of success but we will try all means we must try all means replied jeanie but writing winna do it a letter canna look and pray and beg and beseech as the human voice can do to the human heart a letter's like the music that the ladies have for their spinets nothing but black scores compared to the same tune played or sung its word of mouth maun do it or nothing reuben 
you are right said reuben recollecting his firmness and i will hope that heaven has suggested to your kind heart and firm courage the only possible means of saving the life of this unfortunate girl but genie you must not take this most perilous journey alone i have an interest in you and i will not agree that my genie throws herself away you must even in the present circumstances give me a husband's right to protect you and i will go with you myself on this journey and assist you to do your duty by your family alas reuben said genie in her turn this must not be a pardon will not give my sister her fair fame again or make me a bride fitting for an honest man and a useful minister hua would mind what he said in the pulpit that had to wife the sister of a woman that was condemned for sick wickedness but genie pleaded her lover i do not believe and i cannot believe that effie has done this deed heaven bless ye for saying so reuben answered genie but she maun bear the blame of it after all but the blame were it even justly laid on her does not fall on you ah reuben reuben replied the young woman ye ken it is a blot that spreads to kith and kin ichabod as my poor father says the glory is departed from our house for the poorest man's house has a glory where there are true hands a divine heart and an honest fame and the last has gone from us all but genie consider your word and plighted faith to me and would you undertake such a journey without a man to protect you and who should that protector be but your husband you are kind and good reuben and would take me with all my shame i doubt na but ye canna but own that this is no time to marry or be given in marriage no if that should ever be it maun be in another and a better season and dear reuben ye speak of protecting me on my journey alas who will protect and take care of you your very limbs tremble with standing for ten minutes on the floor how could you undertake a journey as far as lunnon but i am strong i am well continued butler sinking in his seat totally exhausted at least i shall be quite well to-morrow ye see and ye can ye maun just let me depart said genie after a pause and then taking his extended hand and gazing kindly in his face she added it's even a grief the more to me to see you in this way but ye maun keep up your heart for genie's sake for if she isna your wife she will never be the wife of living man and now give me the paper for mac Cullimore, and bid god speed me on my way there was something of romance in genie's venturous resolution yet on consideration as it seemed impossible to alter it by persuasion or to give her assistance but by advice butler after some farther debate put into her hands the paper she desired 
which with the muster roll in which it was folded up were the sole memorials of the stout and enthusiastic bible butler his grandfather while butler sought this document jeanie had time to take up his pocket bible i have marked a scripture she said as she again laid it down with your kylevine pen that will be useful to us both and ye maun take the trouble reuben to write all this to my father for god help me i have neither head nor hand for long letters at any time forby now and i trust him entirely to you and i trust you will soon be permitted to see him and reuben when ye do win to the speech of him mind all the old man's bits of ways for jeanie's sake and dinna speak of latin or english terms to him for he's of the old world and down abide to be fashed with them though i dare say he may be wrong and dinna ye say muckle to him but set him on speaking himself for he'll bring himself more comfort that way and o oh, reuben the poor lassie in yon dungeon but i needna bid your kind heart give her what comfort ye can as soon as they will let ye see her tell her but i mauna speak more about her for i mauna take leave of ye with the tear in my eye for that wouldna be canny god bless ye reuben to avoid so ill an omen she left the room hastily while her features yet retained the mournful and affectionate smile which she had compelled them to wear in order to support butler's spirits it seemed as if the power of sight of speech and of reflection had left him as she disappeared from the room which she had entered and retired from so like an apparition saddletree who entered immediately afterwards overwhelmed him with questions which he answered without understanding them and with legal disquisitions which conveyed to him no iota of meaning at length the learned burgess recollected that there was a barren court to be held on lonehead that day and though it was hardly worth while he might as well go to see if there was anything doing as he was acquainted with the baron bailey who was a decent man and who would be glad of a word of legal advice so soon as he departed butler flew to the bible the last book which jeanie had touched to his extreme surprise a paper containing two or three pieces of gold dropped from the book with a black lead pencil she had marked the sixteenth and twenty-fifth verses of the thirty-seventh psalm a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of the wicked i have been young and am now old yet have i not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging their bread deeply impressed with the affectionate delicacy which shrouded its own generosity under the cover of a providential supply to his wants he pressed the gold to his lips with more ardour than ever the metal was greeted with 
by a miser to emulate her devout firmness and confidence seemed now the pitch of his ambition and his first task was to write an account to david deans of his daughter's resolution and journey southward he studied every sentiment and even every phrase which he thought would reconcile the old man to her extraordinary resolution the effect which this epistle produced will be hereafter adverted to butler committed it to the charge of an honest clown who had frequent dealings with deans in the sale of his dairy produce and who readily undertook a journey to edinburgh to put the letter into his own hands End of chapter third